Astropop, and Marlowe's Metamorphosis. Hello, this is Richard, and we are continuing the adventures of Astropop and his friends the Parrot and the Human Marlowe. At the end of the previous episode, a strange person called Buddy, half-human, half-dog, made Marlowe an offer. He could become rich beyond his dreams, so long as he agreed to swallow a pill that would turn him into a man-dog. Do you think Marlowe would accept such an offer? Astropup will reveal all. Marlowe's face twitched nervously, he said to Buddy. You're kidding, right? By woof, I've never been so serious in my life, exclaimed Buddy. What better way for humans to learn of their inner canine instincts than to see an example of a rich and successful dogman? I would do it myself, but I am busy here managing the football league on this side of the galaxy. Well, said Marlowe, thanks, but no thanks. It's not a deal I can do. Once again, I'm glad you found happiness as a dog. And I'm proud to say that of my two best friends, one is furry and four-footed. But as for myself, I like being human, and I intend to stay that way. Suit yourself, said Buddy. I hope you enjoy being poor, because I could have made you the richest dogman on earth. Poor, but human, said Marlowe. We wished our strange host good night, and returned via the sky train to our kennels. I was looking forward to one more sound sleep under the influence of good old gravity before returning to our spaceship and resuming our weightless wanderings. I curled up, but as I was dozing off, my ears waggled with the sound of my friends talking. The parrot was saying, Of all the conundrums and contradictions we've come across in this universe, a super-intelligent dog is the strangest yet. Astropop always says a dog is not about intelligence, but about love. Agreed, Marlowe. Which is why a computer will never replace him. But I don't see much evidence of a dog's heart in Buddy. Is living proof that a hairy face and a wet nose don't make a dog? Said the parrot. It's what's going on, or not going on inside, that counts. A dog needs a warm heart and no more than three thoughts in his brain. Loyalty, food and walkies. If he thinks any more than that on a regular basis, he's no more of a dog than you or I. I dozed off, happy that I had finally understood a clever conversation between my friends. Yes, I thought. A dog is about more than just a wet nose and a hairy face. How true. How very, very true. 
In the morning, the lights of the artificial planet gradually brightened. It was a new day in the dog world. I had the overwhelming question in my head. What's for breakfast? As I was pondering this matter of great interest, I opened one eye. I could see across the way into Marlowe's kennel. He had trouble fitting his six-foot-two-inch body into it, poor fellow. But it seemed that he had gone to sleep elsewhere, because his spot was occupied by a dog that I'd not seen before. He wasn't a breed I recognised, but he was strangely familiar. He might have had a bit of bloodhound in him. Perhaps he had a doggy sense that I was looking at him, for he too opened an eye. And for a moment, we gazed at each other in monovision. Good morning, old friend, he said. Now, this was a turn-up for the books. The dog across the way spoke in human language. This is a feat that I manage for storytelling via an alien technological loopy thing that is built into our recording studio here. But there was no such loopy thing over there. He just spoke like a human, only with a bit of gravel. In fact, he sounded rather like Marlowe. Hello? I answered back in our doggy woof language. Who are you? He started to haul himself out of his kennel in an odd, not very dogged sort of a way. And then, after rolling a bit on his back to satisfy an itch, he stood up on two legs. Now, I'm not really a guard dog. But when somebody strange comes along, like the postman, or a creature who's half human, half dog, I can't help myself. I have to bark. Come down, Estral Pup, said the dog man. Hey, that is Marlowe's voice, I said. What have you done with him? The dog man put his head on one side, puzzled like. He's not done anything with him, said another familiar voice. I turned my head and saw that the parrot was perched on the roof of his kennel, holding a little budgie mirror. It was a free gift, courtesy of management, along with a water bottle and some seed. Just take a look at yourself, he squawked. I know I could do with a shower and a shave, said the strange person. A most unlikely thought for any type of dog, I must say. The parrot fluttered over and held up the mirror to him. Who's that? asked the stranger who had stolen Marlowe's voice. He was peering at his own reflection. Not very bright, even by canine standards. It's you, Marlowe! squawked the parrot. You've turned into a dog! Oh no! said Marlowe, and then he looked up at the sky of our artificial world and let out the most pitiful howl. He sat down and held his head in his paws. How can this be? he whimpered. 
Didn't I say no way, Jose, to the idea of becoming a dog? Well, said the parrot, there is only one explanation. Our friend Buddy did not need your permission to crush one of his dog pills into your food last night. He is determined that you, and indeed all humans, should turn into dog people like him, whether they agree or not. You know what the worst thing about this situation is? said Marlow. You mean the future of the human race is in doubt? asked the parrot. Well, there's that, but right now I've got an irresistible urge to scratch my ear with my hind foot. Astropub, how do you live like this? Oh, it's easy, I said. I just scratch. Marlow looked so sad that I felt I had to give him some words of comfort. Look, cheer up, old friend. A dog's life is not so bad. All you need is a kind master, and you're set for life, especially if they let you sleep on the sofa. You haven't tried dog food yet, have you? It's delicious! And fetch the ball... He's the best sport in the universe, next to running into a flock of geese and setting them off honking and flapping. Honestly, it's great being a dog. Marlow did not look cheered up. Not one bit. He hung his head like a dog in the rescue pound and said quietly, Please don't take offence, Astropup, my friend, but... And then after a short pause... He threw his head up into the air and howled. Can anyone understand? I don't want to be a dog! Can't say I blame you, said the parrot. Let's get back to the spaceship. I need to work on my computer. It took us a while to remember where we parked our ship. But Marlow sniffed it out eventually. Back inside the familiar but not so comfortable surroundings... The parrot started to work on his computer. While Marlow curled up on the sofa in my favourite spot. Well, I'll let him have it for now because he wasn't having a very good day. The parrot said, Astro Pup, what's the dog password? I can't tell you that, I said. It's the Biggest secret we dogs have. Well, if you can't share that information with us, then I'm afraid I can't save Marlow. Marlow jumped off the sofa and adopted a begging position on his knees, with his front paws hanging down at the floor. Oh, oh, oh please, Astro Pup, he panted. Do tell the parrot the dog password. It's my only chance. This was a difficult one. Should I be loyal to dog kind or to my friends? The parrot squinted his eyes and said, I promised to forget it as soon as I've used it. Oh, well, all right then. So long as you cross your heart and hope to die, I'll tell you, I said. Go on then, said the parrot. His beak paused above the keyboard of the computer. The password, I said in a low voice, is 
Woof. 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 Is that it? asked the parrot. Woof. 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 Yes. It is the greatest secret known to dogs, I said. Typical, too stupid to guess, said the parrot, and he tapped it into the computer. Righto, here we are. I've hacked into Buddy's laptop. He's not so smart as he thinks, eh? Now, I need to find the formula for his dog pill. I suspect it's under pills. Nope. Here it is. He's filed it under Genius Inventions. Let no one accuse him of false modesty. Have you remembered to forget the password? I asked, because that was the deal we had struck. Shut up, I'm working, said the parrot. And for the next two hours, he studied Buddy's formula for the pill that turns humans into dogs. At last, he woke Marlow and me from our slumbers with a loud cry of Eureka! Woof, woof, said Marlow excitedly before looking embarrassed with his tail between his legs and correcting himself. Whoops, I mean, fantastic. You found something. I have indeed, said the parrot. All it takes is for me to change this little one here into a minus one. And the entire process is reversed. This becomes a pill to turn a dog person, otherwise known as a werewolf, back into a human. A werewolf? I hadn't thought of it like that, said Marlow. That's even more creepy. Well, go on, do it. What's holding you back? I have already changed the formula, said the parrot. Well, I don't feel any change. Well, you wouldn't, would you? My dear, dumb dog man. You haven't taken the pill yet. We need to run one off on a pill-making machine. I saw such a machine in the corner of Buddy's room. You wait here, and I'll go back and ask him to give me a few of these pills for the dog cure. Do you think he will? Yes, I do, said the parrot who was already making his way over to the exit chute. And so we sat down and waited. Marlow, who had only about 12 hours practice at being a dog, was not yet very good at curling up and going to sleep with one ear open to listen out for the postman. He was impatient and kept on pacing up and down. Now I know what Noah felt like when he was in the ark waiting for the dove to come back with a leaf in its beak, he said. Only this time we're expecting a parrot with a tablet. We waited and waited and waited and waited. Until at last the parrot flung open the door of the airlock and said, Ta-da! In doing so, not one but three little tablets dropped onto the floor of the spaceship. Wow, said Marlow. Will that little tablet turn me back into a man? Fetch a drink of water, said the parrot. Marlow came hurrying back from the tap with a syringe full of water. We were equipped to squirt water into our mouths in the weightlessness of space, or else it might have gone flying all over the place.
he popped the pill onto his tongue and washed it down his throat with water. I don't feel anything yet, he said. You will in twelve hours time, said the parrot. Why did Buddy give you the pills? I asked. Because, said the parrot, he had no idea that I had reversed their effect. He was happy to print them off the machine after I told him that I would slip them into the food of the world president, the singer fiancé, and the Archbishop of Canterbury. They would all turn into dogs and then everyone would want to follow suit. Whereas in actual fact, we can use one on Marlowe to turn him back into our human companion of old. And I've kept two, just in case. Just out of interest, I said. What would happen if I ate one? That would be extremely unpredictable, said the parrot. Perhaps you might become smart. Oh, I wouldn't want that, I said. Besides, they don't look like they would taste very nice. I'll stick to Waggies, my favourite cheesy treats. Yes, you do that, said the parrot. And before taking off, we lay down and waited for Marlowe to turn back into a human. Thank you, Astropup. We'll leave you there. Hopefully Marlowe will be back to normal by the time of the next episode. For now, from me, Richard, at storynori.com, goodbye.